Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast. It's episode 57 and I'm Aaron Burchell. And I'm Chris Byrne. I want to remind you it's meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views, but we do look into a couple of topics that you guys ask us to look into. We always start off with follow-ups and shout-outs. So, Chris, what have we got? Yeah, we got an email uh, this week from uh, Lisa. Uh, I'll read it out and we can uh, have a chat. Um, Lisa says, I heard your podcast about the seat covers. We bought our first camper van in February and had the upholstery done see detached photos you know i'll tweet those out um the lady who done it is based in carlo and she charged me 200 euros and i paid 80 euros for the material her company is called riscus upholstery upholstery i'm sure she can help out uh, as per your podcast and that podcast is called a hook a stitch and a plot of land um thanks lisa so the web page if anyone's interested is risk us r-i-s-k-u-s dot u-s and so, that uh, podcast was uh, number 49, episode 49. Yeah, Darren had asked, he was, he, I think he had a tear in his, um, in his front um, pilot seat, uh, mm-hmm. passenger or driver's seat. He's looking to get that reupholstered. Uh, so I'm sure um, that, 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 that lady will be able to help out. I did pass on those contact details um, direct to, to Darren as well. And he was, uh, he's, he's going to just look into that. I've got to be honest, that's a fantastic price, including the material, 280 quid in total, is a fantastic yeah. price to have your van. And it was a motorhome, not a camper van. It was a proper and, motorhome. So what she got done is she got the seats on the dinette. You know, the, the boat, she's got a, a double dinette, you know, like a double mm-hmm. one and a single one across from it. All of those seats done. The bit above the overhead bed, you know, there's always a... a, 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 a upholstery bit across spot, yeah. And even the, the material on the... Upper, upper bed is all done, all matching, and all of those bits on the the, the part you pull out to join the bed into a into a, a full area bed. Yeah, it was so a very good was, job. The photographs looked very well. So it was riscus r i s k u s dot u s, an unusual website. An unusual website. It looks like um, they re- restore a lot of old furniture and things like that. But there's lots of different examples on the site as well. So it looks like there's nothing they can't do there. Well, thanks, Lisa, for getting back to us on that. And thank you for listening to the podcast. And as I say, that uh, podcast was episode 59, a hook, a stitch and a plot of land. If Sorry, 49, if you want to go back and listen to that to see what we are talking about. Dave Scott was on about the pumps and the washing vans on the driveways that we spoke about on last week's episode. Yeah, you might remember um, we, we, we had a, a good long discussion about that. We were looking for a bit of clarification as to, to washing the vans and the different pump types and that. So I'll read out the email there. He says, hi, guys. Hope you're well. Just enjoyed your latest podcast. I thought I'd help clear up Chris's questions. So I've attached a picture of my track pump. They were originally used to inflate uh, racing bicycle tires at track events and hence the name. I think they're also known as stirrup pumps. Um, I use it because I've burnt out a few 12-volt car inflators. Um, sorry, with the track pump, I just burn my arms out. So if you think of those, are the ones you actually stand on the pump and you pump them up and down, I think they pump kind of both ways. So it's a manual pump. So that's what a, a track pump was. He said, regarding not car washing, I don't think I've seen any official hard rule forbidding it, but it's been advised by uh, someone who, I forget who, um, our drive is short and faces straight onto a narrow road with no pavement. So really, I suppose 
I'm just being cor uh, courteous. However, in our village, people have had the police pay them an inquiring visit over barbecues in their gardens and indeed fixing their own bicycles on the driveway. Glad you have forward thinking councils putting in additional motorhome parking. I think that's great news. Looking forward to the next episode, Dave. So yeah. thanks for that clarification, uh, Dave. Appreciate it, David. So it's it's very similar to the pump that you had for your Van Gogh. It's one of these that you you yeah. it, you stand on it and and it, you kind of stand up straight and pump. But you reckon as you're pulling it back up, it's also pumping. Yeah, it's got a two-way valve in the one I have anyway. That when you're pushing down on it, it's pumping. And when you're pulling up on it, it's also pumping in air as well. So half the work. I've seen you use that before. You got your electric <laughs> one, and I'm telling you, man, you want to be fit now, seriously, wouldn't you? Well, I use it to pump up the air awning, and that's a huge, big um, tube yeah. in that, so yeah, yeah. But now you've gone all 12 volt. Ah, well, it just makes the life a bit easier when you when you arrive on the campsite. You can just kind of chill out and let the pump do all the work. It gives you time to to, to hold your, your, your beer or your glass of wine or your cup of tea. <laughs> or your can of Fanta orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thanks to Dave Scott for getting back to us there. So let's go on to tips. And we got another Dave. This time Dave Fox was on to you. I suppose I'll read through David's, David's email. I think it probably clarified a bit. He said, hi, lads. Can you direct me to any of your podcasts that you might have covered this subject? I have a Heimer 544 A-class. The front section is fiberglass and there are fine cracks on close inspection. Uh, is there a treatment to help fix or alleviate this kind regards? So I tweeted out... Um, when I got uh, David's mail there, uh, I tweeted out the photo and asked people for advice. And I also put it up onto motorhomecrack.com forum. And it was actually, in fairness to the guys at motorhomecrack.com, they really stepped up with um, with some advice. So I'm going to read out um, four of the comments put up there. Mm -hmm. So BM wrote, he said, if those cracks are deep rather than in the gel coat, They'll need to drill holes at each end of the crack to stop the cracks from propagating. The cracks will then need to be opened up so they can be filled properly. Patching on top of that won't really fix anything. Uh, Eeyore then says they are stress cracks, which generally only affect the top layer of the gel coat. As BM says, there is no solution except grinding out the cracks till you reach the fibergrass below, fill with gel coat, sand and polish, and possibly paint as matching the colour exactly is very difficult gel coat like paint comes in numerous colors uh, hilton nine says agree stress cracks not really much you can do um with regelling it never comes out as smooth this is because the uh, the gel is in a is in a mold and the only way around it is to sand it fill it with resin sand again and then repeat till it's smooth and then respray it Finally, then Mark and Wendy put up a message. She said, I had a small fishing boat with fiberglass cuddy that was covered in those star-shaped fractures. After lying up for the winter, most of what you see is actually dirt. A good power hose and a good polish would hide them for another year. So great advice there, kind of um, more or less kind of all saying the same thing. There isn't a, a quick, simple fix for them. And I suppose to, to back up what the um, what the guys are saying there, I, I contacted a relation of mine who looks after um, trucks and large vehicles. And he said the same thing. He said the, the proper way to do it, he said, is, is to sand it all down till the cracks are gone, prime it and then respray it. He said that's that's the, the, the proper way. So anything else is just a, a shortcut that's not going to work. Yeah, I had the same problem on our last motorhome. And again, it was an A-class and the whole front is fiberglass. But this was on my B 
boot lid, my bonnet lid, which actually lifted off and you'd put it in the ground. Now, it never chipped, but it got those hairline fractures. But like one of the guys said from Motorhome Crack, a lot of it is dirt. So I actually just gave mine a light tea coat that you would use for a tea cut that you'd use for getting scratches off cars. And it cleaned it up a little bit, but they were never deep enough or actual cracks for me to worry about. So maybe looking at the photographs that they had sent you. Um, maybe it's best to leave well enough alone until it becomes an actual crack and then get a professional to do the cutting, the sanding and then the spraying. It'll cost a few bob, but it would be worth it in the end. Yeah, and I can feel uh, David's pain as well. I know if if, if kind of every time you walk past the van, you're seeing it, you really want to, to always look its best, you know. So maybe a, a good clean and a polish might be the first place to start before you get into the, um, I suppose, the more expensive um, and um, I suppose more difficult repairs. Now, there might be solutions out there that we're not aware of. So look, if any of the listeners know of any solutions, um, you might uh, let us know. There's photographs of the crack up on our Twitter and also on the motorhomecrack.com forum within the motorhome chat section if you want to have a look at them there as well. Right, let's move on to products. And Dennis, who is a regular contributor to the show, was on with some absolute brilliant reviews of two different products. The first one he was on, he says, hey guys, just a quick link to products that we use in our camper that we found excellent products and we'd not do without. The first one, and we have spoken about this briefly before, Chris, is the Karcher window window vacuum. They were on special at Aldi at the time for $24.99, half price what we paid for ours. It cleans the condensation from your windows in seconds. Now, we did discuss this and a few people said that they found them to be bulky, but very good. But he went on to say that it cleans the windows, the condensation in a few seconds. Before we bought it, we used to have to run the engine for at least 20 minutes with the demisters on. I highly recommend these. The only problem I'm having now is trying to keep it in the van as my partner Michelle brings it in to do the windows in the house she loves it we may get one from Aldi for the house and then he sent us on the link just go on to aldi.ie and look for the Karcher window vacuum we did discuss this before and I think in a, in a following podcast somebody had said yeah we got one of them but we brought it back because they were so bulky but it didn't seem to be a problem for Dennis at all you can get some of those handheld ones. I think they're quite small. I wouldn't have described it as bulky anyway. Yeah, this is a handheld one. We went on and took a look at the website. It is handheld. But as I said, some people found them a little bit bulky. The next thing he was on about, the other product we have is the, is that Susudo Portable Outdoor Camping Fire Pit. Now, this looks brilliant, but I give you my little qualms at the end of it. He goes on to say it's another great product for anyone with a camper, a caravan or a tent. You can have your fire outside and it's safely up off the ground. So there's no footprint the next morning. It's a steel mesh base and it holds any ash. So again, there's no mess the next day. Very easy to clean and folds up into a small stainless tube. Uh, A lot of campsites don't want fires on site, obviously, unless they are raised. And this is one way of getting them raised. He said that he'll, um, I will link where I bought it in a bit. He had to go and do a little bit of uh, research to find out where he bought it. Enjoying the podcast and the Charlie and me videos. P.S. Is Aaron looking for a job with the AA with all of the tools he has? We're still getting comeback on that tool video. He goes on to say, I have two other products and I'll send you links on them. They were absolutely brilliant in the camper. And one is about uh, leveling the camper, an app on leveling the camper and a very small sized inverter, which sits on the dash. And he'll tell us about them later and says, thanks, lads. Dennis from Mead. Now, Dennis, um, 
we went on to the amazon.co.uk and just look up the fire pit it's s-u-c-h-d-e-c-o portable outdoor camping fire pit my only problem with it is two two problems one you still have to get rid of the ash the next day so you you know especially if you're wild camping and you don't want to be leaving ash dumped in the ditch anywhere and two this thing folds up and it fits into like a tent bag or i suppose a bag that you'd put your foldable seats into but that a takes up more isn't it i i think it's bigger i think it's about the size of a seat chris would you oh, not yeah. think that that folds up and goes into a into a pouch about the size of a camping chair i'd have to look up the measurements the details of how big it is i'm not sure now just i'm just kind of basing it on the picture it's a very small picture but i was yeah. thinking that one you're having to get it's 25 and a half inches yeah, I suppose. No, that's still, that's two, two foot. It's 25 inches by d- a diameter of yeah, two and a half Yeah, one of those small chairs then, yeah. Yeah, so again, you've got to find somewhere to store. Okay, motorhomes, not too bad, but if you have a camper van, you're really stuck for space. But it looks like a very good product. But again, I'd rather just have a gas one because you have nothing to dispose of the next morning. Yeah, I could see now Ross on our our own camping crew hey, I would love something like this. You could go down onto the beach uh, and light it up. So if open fires and roasting marshmallows and things like that is your mm-hmm. your thing, well, this is definitely a product for you. Um, I kind of personally, I tend to go for gas type cooking products again, because when it's done, You've instant heat, and when it's done, you just turn it off, and put it away. Uh, yeah, but that's just yeah. my own personal preference. You see, lots and lots of people on campsites who, who love the uh, the open fires, and this is a way of doing it without doing any damage to the ground. Yeah, and I think that is the main thing. It's it's not to destroy the footprint, and it is up off the ground, and the ash doesn't fall down through the mesh, but you do have to get rid of it the next day. But still, good product. Check it out. It's on Amazon.co.uk, and the spelling again is. S-U-C-H-D-E-C-O, portable outdoor camping fire pit. And I think now, again, it's .co.uk. I think it was, yeah, it's only £25 sterling. So again, you can't go wrong for 25 quid. No, it definitely sounds like a, a good product. Um, on Twitter during the week, Aaron, we got a, a message from Ronan um, looking for some advice or solution on travelling with motorbikes. So this is one where we want to reach out to the listeners um, to come up with a, a solution for Ronan, if you can, please. I'll read out his message. Only discovered your podcast this week, planning a big trip around Europe in a few years would it be possible to cover carrying a motorbike instead of towing a car and what are the pros and cons of bringing a motorbike around with you etc so i suppose it's not something that we either of us um do Aaron. so maybe there's trailer options i've seen i've seen people with big garages that can fit the bikes into the garages as well um, i'm not sure how popular of an option that is but uh, if anybody uh, out there has a motorbike and travel with a motorbike maybe you might uh, tell us about what you use to, to bring it around and you know what are the pros and cons of, of traveling with a motorbike i think things that you're going to have to bear in mind which ronan i don't know if you have your motorbike or if you're because it's a few years away yet maybe it's just something you're looking at down the line the weight because if you're going to be towing it on a frame fitted to the back on your tow bar you've got weight weight restrictions we see a lot of people would have a bike rack for a moped but they're pretty light maybe you want an actual touring motorbike so you can go further than a moped 
again, my last eight class, the people we bought it from carried two mopeds in what we used to call the shed. But then that takes up all your carrying space for the likes of camping chairs and tables and barbecues. So you've got a way up. Do you really need it? But as you say, there are small trailers out there. And then you got a way up. Well, do you know what? A small car. We loved having the smart car, but there was only two of us and Charlie the dog. And even now with the Fiat, even though it has back seats, there's still only the two of us. So, yeah, we'll put it out there. We'll give you our contact details in a couple of minutes. Uh, guys and dolls, do you bring a motorcycle, be it to Europe or just around when you're going? And is it in a trailer? Do you have a tow hitch? Are there weight restrictions? Please do get in touch and we can pass on all of the details uh, in a future podcast to Rona. Yeah, I think it, it, a, a lot of people probably have a, a some sort of solution that they use. I'm sure there's many different ones we can use. Aaron, we're moving to the camp life section now. So do you want to um, go through the next question? Yeah, this came up um, with, with the COVID-19 lockdown and this has come up on social media, be it Twitter or Facebook and on, on the boards.ie and even the motorhome crack. And the question that I've seen time and time again is renewing insurance, should we? For example, one of the ones that I pick says, I would like to pick your brains about insurance during the COVID-19 lockdown. My insurance is up at the end of April. Should I requ request a freeze or just not renew until it's all over? Whenever that is. I'm with Dolman Insurance. Thanks in advance. Now, I answered this. This one was on Facebook. And here is my personal opinion. Insure it. Renew your insurance. What if the van is stolen or for some reason it goes up in flames? Insurance is not just for while you're driving the van. So if you're thinking of not mature, our actual insurance is up at the end of May and I will be writing the check and insuring it because we're sitting in a secure yard, but things go wrong. I do know friends of ours about 10 years ago were camping in their motorhome, parked on a dock, went to bed and all of a sudden, an hour later, their van was engulfed in flames. What if your van is sitting at the side of your house and for some reason, maybe a mouse eat the cable and it shorts, but it goes up in flames, you're out of pocket. Don't be silly. Reinsure your van because it's not just for while you're driving. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's an absolute no-brainer. Look, your motorhome is an expensive piece of property. Um, I don't think any, there's not many of us here listening that could afford to replace it in the morning if it just suddenly wasn't there, you know. No, I know if mine went up and there was no insurance on it, oh, I would be devastated. Just, oh, no, don't don't take chances with insurance. When you're insuring your van, get the best cover you can get. Try and get breakdown insurance, although depending on the side of your van, there are restrictions on that as well. But definitely, even with this lockdown, which will end soon and it is going to end. Oh, no, just insure your van don't 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 let it lapse yeah i think in my mind the whole point of having insurance is or the point of insurance is to have it but to never need it but when you do yes. need it you'll be glad of it yes you'll be glad you have it so that's the answer to that one but again you might have different views please do let us know and we'll give you contact details very soon right let's stick with the camp life and i love this one what yeah, should yeah. we do when it's all over and we're allowed to go back camping so I, I'm I'm hoping and praying we'll get to see some of the summer. Um, I think it's looking kind of likely it's going to be mid to kind of end summer before mm. they allow campsites open in whatever aspect they do it. But you know what I'm trying to put out here is kind of a 
a different mindset. We're all going back camping again. And how can we become, I suppose, better campers, kind of more mindful campers? So uh, I just put a, a kind of a little list together. It's not kind of where we're going to go, but it's more of a, a an ethos, an approach when we do go back camping, you know. So the first one is try as much as you can to stay in Ireland this year and support the Irish campsites. They've all been hit hard and, uh, you know, uh, I know a lot of people kind of well camp as well, but I suppose this is more directed to the, the people that do use uh, campsites like ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. let's support them as much as we can uh, and stay with them. And of course, um, as well as going back to your favourite campsites or to your favourite stopovers, consider visiting some new campsites, places where you've never been to before. In fact, you can check out Charlie and me, our camping vlog on YouTube for inspiration. Just click in and say, oh, yeah, you know what? That place looks nice. We've never been. Let's go. So stay in Ireland and visit new places. Yeah. And when you do go camping, shop locally. Don't fill your van up completely with uh products from your own place go to the shops in the local area where you're camping buy what you can use the restaurants the bars and let the owners know that you're a camper do as much as you can to promote the image of campers there is a a perceived bad image with some people so tell the owners of the the facility you're in that you're a camper and you'll be back and you know i think that will leave them with a, a positive view of campers yeah, and while you're in the area, visit some attractions, some of the tourist attractions. A lot of them you'll find are free. There might be a small cover charge in some of them. Even if you've been there before, just go back. And again, it's just to put a few bob. You don't have to spend hundreds and thousands. It's just to put a few bob back into the local economy and let them know that you are a camper van driver. Yeah, one thing I've been kind of trying to do, Aaron, since the lockdown is when I'm going out to the car, even if I'm going to the shop or... Uh, just popping to click something you know when you get back into your motorhome when you're driving to your campsite and drive back just slow down take it easy and take in the 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 views and the sights and the road as you're driving being more chilled out and mindful Um, we've a lot to be thankful for uh, as campers that we can get away and enjoy the life so just Chill out a bit, uh, slow down and enjoy it. Enjoy the yeah. journey, not just the destination. Yeah, we've said this before. Your your holiday starts from as soon as you lock the front door of the house and you start the engine. So from literally driving out of your estate or your homestead, just take your time, drive slow and hey, flash your lights and wave at other motorhomes. <laughs> oh yeah, if you go back to one of the early podcasts, we had a big discussion about that. It's one of our pet peeves when people don't wave back at you. And then of course, when you do get to your campsite, introduce some friends to camping sorry first of all when you do get there make sure you say hi to people we've covered this before because they will look after you if you do go out on a trip or whatever they can be keeping an eye on your gear but how about introducing some of your friends to camping if you've got the room bring them along with you hey look after this big lockdown they might just like a break a weekend or, or one or two nights away yeah, that's my favourite one of the list. Look, um, if you've got people who are not into camping or have never been camping, encourage them to come along. A lot of campsites will let you, you know, bring some friends, whether they come in a tent or let them stay with you or um, what we did with my uh, with, with my brother and his family was they came along and they stayed in one of the camping pods or one of the campsites with us as well. So, you know, the the, the kids had loads of cousins to, to hang around and play with and us as adults had more adult company as well so you know we had a good old weekend and the weather was good at the time so uh, you know they've been back out camping loads of times mm-hmm. on their own since then as well so look introduce some more people to camping i think it's uh it'll be very positive 
And we did that two years ago. My sister and her husband came down to the Glen of Aherlow for a weekend in a borrowed tent. And then the following year, we met the Mickey Kenny. They'd gone and bought themselves a five-man tent. You know, the ones with the two bedrooms, the sleeping bags, the airbeds. And they had an absolute ball on the August Bank Holiday weekend of 2019. And all because we invited them for one weekend to come down and stay with us in the Glen. And now they go camping as much. Well, not this year, but they will be going camping as much as they possibly can. Yeah, and finally, this is a, an important one, not just for being courteous uh, and mindful of the the, the neighbours, but uh, in in the current uh, coronavirus uh, outbreak, is what I have here is don't park too close and give other people their space. I suppose uh, that's before all of this happened. That was a, a big bugbear of a lot of campers as well. When somebody comes in and parks their van, where you can step from one camper van right across <laughs> to the other one if the doors line up. You know, you gotta give people a, a bit of space, not only for virus reasons, but just to be courteous. But I think if they do, I heard talks, and I wish I wish it was true, but I heard talk on one of the national radio stations today about them doing all. When are they going to do this? When are they going to lift restrictions? But it, it could be, it could be, and I would be very quite happy with this, possibly the end of July or early August when they let people go to their holiday homes. They might instruct campsites to open to maybe 50% of their capacity. And bear that in mind, just keep your distance and be mindful that, you know, the virus could come back. Keep the hugging and keep all the handshaking and high-fiving at a distance just for a little while longer and just be thankful that we can actually get out to a campsite, spend a few bob, get a bit of time in the summer and just keep your distance when when all this ends just for another little while. So that's it, Aaron. I think that'll, you know, if we follow those few little guidelines, I, I think the image of, of, of campers will certainly be improved, you know. Yes, please God, please God. Well, anyway, look, that is a wrap on episode 57. If you want to pick up some of our stickers or if you want to get in touch with us, the details are coming up at the end of the podcast. And all that we have to say to you for now is stay safe and this will end soon and we will be out camping together again. From me, Aaron, take it easy and we'll talk to you again very soon. After me, Chris, uh, bye-bye and don't forget to tell your camping friends all about us. To contact the Camping Crew Podcast email camping crew podcast at gmail.com tweet us at the camping crew on youtube it's youtube.com forward slash charlie and me our camping vlog you'll get us on motorhomecrack.com forum boards.ie forum and we're on a lot of facebook pages related to motorhomes and camping well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping